there. Hope you're having a great day. Welcome to At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. I'm interior stylist Lauren Keenan. Hi, I'm Scott Keenan. And we're the co-founders of Lauren Keenan Home, my interior design and styling studio, which helps people all over Australia create a home they love. The same goes for this podcast too, which is all about helping you to make the most of your home for family life and for work. On today's show, we've got news on more help for first home buyers. We've got an update on what's hot right now in Lauren's lovely list. And we're going to be having a look at how people all over Australia are enjoying beautiful restaurant quality food at home during the pandemic. It wasn't about reheating a spaghetti. You know, it was about having friends or family near you in a time of real hardship and doing something that was really fun. But we made it so that anyone could do it. And at the end of it, they were really proud of it. And, you know, the messaging that went out with the package was, you know, like, get your best crockery out and get your best plates, put some flowers on the table, dim the lights, turn the music up and make this a, a real experience. We're talking to executive chef Mike Eggett about how Aussies are embracing services like Maryvale at home to enjoy great food with our families while keeping our favourite restaurants in business. It's been exciting seeing the way things are evolving and changing through the pandemic, how we eat out and now how we eat at home. There's like a whole new process for everything, whether or not you're eating at home or eating out. It's, is this a contactless delivery? Have I checked in? There's all these new things that just weren't in the vernacular yeah. six months ago. And, and is this like a $10 sushi or an amazing $100 dinner that I can enjoy at home? We'll have more on that shortly. And of course, this show is for everyone that loves a beautiful home. And while coronavirus has changed a few things we're going to help you adapt to new ways of living and making the most of your spaces so let's get into it i'm really looking forward to talking more about food today and it seems to be a coincidence that we always record these episodes right before dinner time when we're talking about food (laughs) but we're going to be discussing some of the great ways that people can create amazing culinary experiences in their own homes Yes, and if you do hear a rumble uh, in the... That's Scott's stomach. <laughs> it'll be my stomach, not Lauren's, yes. And of course, the pandemic has forced us all to think differently, hasn't it? With a bunch of different restaurants and bars and cafes responding and reacting. And during lockdowns, they had to pivot and do things completely differently. And for some of them, they're now adding those services to their sort of original in restaurant offerings. Yeah, look, I think it just opens up a lot of different options for consumers and, and how you get to enjoy the food that you love. So Maryvale at Home is one example. The Sydney restaurant and bar business has created dinner boxes based on some of their most popular dishes at restaurants like Mr. Wong, Fred's and Totty's that are delivered straight to your home, which is amazing because you don't even have to go out, get dressed, any of that. It comes to you. Yeah, it's a little bit more premium than some of the other home meal kit offerings that you might have for your midweek dinner. But for something a little more special, these guys deliver on a Thursday for, for a Friday or Saturday night. You can match it with some great drinks. And of course, you're helping to support your favorite restaurant and their staff. So more on that shortly. Can't wait to bring that to you. Thanks for listening to the show today. We drop new episodes most Saturday mornings at 8am, so you've got something fun and interesting to listen to on the weekend. Maybe while you're DIYing or on the way to Bunnings or maybe your favourite interior store. Exactly. I like to listen to podcasts when I'm going on my walks around our neighbourhood, which I quite enjoy, and also in the car when I'm taking a bit of a trip. If I know I'm going to be in the car for more than half an hour, then I usually pop on a podcast. You don't listen to yourself though, do you? No, I don't actually. That would be a bit weird, I think. It's like, you know, when Hollywood stars say they can't watch themselves on film, it's kind of the same thing. Well, most people listen on Apple Podcasts. We don't mind where you listen, of course. You can live stream on our website, laurenkeenan.com.au, or you can just search at home with Lauren Keenan in your favourite podcast app. 
And because we're an independent podcast, it would be really awesome if you could just take a few minutes and rate and review the show in the Apple Podcast app. It really helps other like-minded people to find the show and lets us know what you think too. Yeah, and make sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app as well so you never miss an episode. It is a great way to keep in touch and when a new episode drops, it pops straight into your phone. Perfect. All right, we're going to do a quick bit of news and then we're going to find out what's hot right now in Lauren's lovely list. I feel like we should cue the Channel 9, um, National 9 News theme music right now. I'll add it in post. I'll add it in. Excellent. (laughs) So a bit of news. I actually sat down, wait for it, and watched the budget coverage on Tuesday night. Whoa. I know, crazy. Look at you getting informed. I know. What did you think of the Treasurer's performance? Well, look, I can't critique on that. I'll leave that to the political journalists. (laughs) But what I did want to mention was that the first home loan deposit scheme was actually extended as part of the budget. I think this is great. Basically, what this means is that it's giving an extra 10,000 first home buyers a helping hand into the market. So the scheme helps first home buyers to buy a home with as little as a 5% deposit without having to take out lender's mortgage insurance. So I'm sure you can remember when we bought our first home, we had to pay lender's mortgage insurance yep. and it's a killer. You never see that money again. You're probably never going to have the need for your bank to access it. No, it's- and it's on top of the deposit that you've already saved. If it's 10% or maybe up to 20% if you've done really well and saved a lot, it's going to be on top of that. And like you say, it's money that you never yeah. really see because it doesn't go to the value of your property. It's nope. just money that's paid in the case that you can't make your repayments. Yeah, so under this scheme, the federal government acts as the guarantor on the loan, which saves the buyers a fair whack of money on that insurance. And the government's hoping that this will generate more activity in construction and housing and up to $800 in economic activity. So we can only hope. Fingers crossed. I think we need it across uh, the construction sector and businesses associated with housing. Now, it's probably also worth mentioning, Lauren, that interest rates uh, are staying this week on hold at a record low. The cash rate, which is set by the Reserve Bank, is at 0.5 of a percent. Now, some experts are tipping there could be another rate cut on Melbourne Cup Day in November. That's often when they do move the official mm-hmm. rate when we're all out partying. Out partying. Well, it won't and, be this year. <laughs> no, and watching the big, the big race down there in Melbourne. So we need to keep an eye on that. And I think one point worth remembering is that if you've got a mortgage and your rate, whether it's fixed or variable, starts with a three rather than a two, then it's time for you to talk to your bank or your broker to ask for a better deal. Yeah, there are some fantastic rates out there right now and you can get fixed rates down in the low twos. It's crazy. It really is. is. It is crazy. When we mortgaged our first property um, about 10 years ago, I had a rate that was fixed at over 7%. What else have we got today, Scotty? Well, Lauren's social feeds have been abuzz this week with questions about the difference between inspiration and straight out copying when it comes to design and interiors. I know where you're going with this and I know where it's come from too. If anyone's been watching The Block this season, um, this idea of copying versus inspiration follows a couple of interesting design choices uh, on The Block where one couple in particular, Luke and Jasmine, have been singled out for a children's room that they created uh, and a kitchen island bench, which appear to have taken some cues um, from one of the other couple's uh, designs. Yeah, so the the bedroom first was... It's a professional design firm called The Designery, um, do beautiful work. They actually own some accommodation up in Byron Bay, which is equally beautiful, which they've designed. And that children's room um, did take more than just a few cues from that space. It was very, very, very similar. Kitchen Island Bench, one of the other couples, Daniel and Jade, had an expert handcraft some beautiful timber to wrap around their bench. 
Look, I think this um, debate was a bit of a storm in a teacup because um, they did even show on the show that um, Luke and Jasmine had decided on the design for their kitchen way back in week one. So I think this was just a bit of an editing thing to, to get some keep interest, interest, keep the interest in the show, you know, copy gate um, going. So not worth mentioning that one, I don't think. I think it raises an interesting question about where you draw the line between design inspiration and potentially copying the work of somebody who's created something beautiful themselves. So look, I think there is a big difference between drawing inspiration and actually copying a design. As a professional designer, I look far and wide for inspiration and I try not to look at people who are currently working in the industry because it's natural to get caught up in trends and what other people are doing. And then you might inadvertently find that you are paying a little bit too much attention to what someone else is doing. And that sort of stifles your own creativity for coming up with something unique. But for people who are just doing um, their own design at home for creating their own spaces, there's nothing wrong with taking some inspiration from what professionals do. We've done the hard work for you. But I would say put your own spin on things. Maybe don't create, recreate everything just from one image that you found. You might find some bedding that you really like from one designer and then you might see that another designer's used a really cool wallpaper or done some interesting joinery. So try and find inspiration from different sources. Your room will have a much more natural feeling about it and it'll be unique to you and you'll know that you've created it. Look, I agree. And they're not professionals, but the finishes on their work are pretty amazing. And I think they've said if they had their time again, they probably wouldn't design it in quite the same way. But I think the work that they're doing throughout the rest of the house, they're going to end up with a fantastic property to sell at the end of it all. They are, and someone will love it. All right. So that is our little news segment to bring you up to date on some of the stuff that's going on. And now it is time for the lovely list. Recommendations from Lauren to help you create a home that you love and a lifestyle that you enjoy. What is floating your boat right now? I've got three absolute crackers today, Scotty. The first one is a book that's literally just been released today as we're recording this podcast. It's called Plantopedia and it's pitched as the definitive guide to houseplants. And we know how much you love houseplants. I know, I know. Sorry, I'm going to stop going on about it one day. Your little green children. (laughs) My green babies. But the reason I love this book is I've had a a quick look online of what the, the page is like inside. It'll have a really nice image of a plant. It'll tell you how to care for it, a little bit about it. And the idea is that it just makes it easier to um, experiment with new plants at home and be able to care for them properly. I just think it's an amazing idea. It's by a business called Leaf Supply, which is an online plant and pot delivery service. So the women behind that are Lauren Camilleri and Sophia Kaplan. And this one is on my Christmas list, I think. Nice. So Plantopedia. Like Encyclopedia, but Plantopedia. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, What else is on the lovely list this week? So the second thing on my lovely list this week are the beautiful 2021 Diaries by Emma Kate Co. Gorgeous, very simple, lovely layout um, diaries and planners. I know it's a female thing. I still use a paper diary. I know you don't. I haven't used one for a long time. No, but a lot of women do. And I I like the ritual behind planning out my day in a paper diary and adding adding little notes of what's on in the week. I enjoy doing that. Emma Kate Co. does some beautiful diaries. They do sell out quite fast. They're on pre-order at the moment and a couple of them are quite low in stock, I noticed today. So another brand that you might like, which I'm using this year, is called St. Belford. Um, Also excellent has sections for meal planning, um, budgeting, things like that. A little bit more to it than the Emma Kate Co. So if you like simple, go Emma Kate. If you like a little bit more to it, maybe St. Belford's for you. But definitely get onto that. I've noticed the last few years that 
diaries for the following year do tend to sell out by November. So if you like using a paper diary, get onto it. I think the biggest bombshell so far is that we're already talking about 2021 and diaries for next year. I'm totally fine with talking about 2021. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And what is third on the lovely list today? It's my latest binge on Netflix and it's a show called Emily in Paris. It came out, I think just on the weekend, actually. So I'm bringing you all the really up-to-date things this week. Emily in Paris, it's light and fluffy, but it's lots and lots of fun. It was actually created by Darren Starr, who is the creator of Sex in the City, which is another one of my all-time favorite shows, as you would know. Absolutely. <laughs> and the costumes on Emily in Paris are designed by Patricia Field, who also did the costumes um, on Sex in the City. So you can imagine the fashion that's on display in this show. Is it quite high-end or is it accessible? Is it like fun and outrageous or...? Oh, it's super fun and outrageous. Yeah. yeah just it's. I don't want to use the word silly because it's not silly, but it's just fun and, you know, escapism. And I think we can all use a little bit of escapism right now. And is there anyone that we'd know that's in it? I didn't recognise too many people in it, but I do know the main actress. Her name is Lily Collins. And fun fact for you, because I know you love them, she's the daughter of Phil Collins, the musician. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So she's been an actress for a number of years now, but yeah, she's the the main actress in it. And uh, the other star of the show is, of course, Paris, because you get to see some amazing sights around the beautiful City of Lights. Um, And we can't go there right now. So it's nice to see it on film. Nice. I'm glad you're enjoying that. And speaking of travel, a quick mention of something I'm doing on Instagram at the moment. Oh, you want to add something to the lovely list, do you? (laughs) Am I able to do that? I'll I'll allow it on this occasion. So this is the really lovely list. This is the bit where I get to talk afterwards. (laughs) Um, I just want a, a little shout out to something I'm doing on Instagram, which is sort of sharing some of my favorite travel pics at the moment while borders are closed, just for a bit of positivity and to look forward to a time where we can all travel again soon. This time last year, you and I were in Colorado visiting our good friends there in the US of A. And one of the highlights was a drive from Boulder in Colorado on the Peak to Peak Highway out to the foot of the Rocky Mountain National Park. The scenery there was incredible. It's autumn there right now, or fall as they like to call it. The colours were incredible. The scenery was amazing. So you can check that out on my Instagram. And I'm encouraging everybody right now to to tag your best travel pics with hashtag travellingmanau or hashtag travel again soon so we can all share some nice positive photos of the fun times we've had, the nice scenery we've seen, and look ahead to a time where we can all travel again soon. That's amazing. I've really been enjoying looking at all your pics or our pics um, that you've taken and and I often post on my page as well. That's been great. I will include the links to our Instagram accounts in the show notes and on the website too, where you can sign up for more recommendations from Lauren straight to your inbox. Yes. Well, if you prefer your lovely list recommendations in writing, then uh, go to laurenkeenan.com.au and sign up. Every month you'll get a curated list of what's hot right now, things I'm loving and the stuff that inspires me and my work as an interior stylist. Okay, now food is central to our lives at home and of course it's a great way to bring people together and that feels more important than ever right now. We've been cooking a lot more at home and at times during the year we haven't really had a choice, have we? we? (laughs) We've had to, like everybody else. yeah, Yeah, that's right. So cafes and restaurants have had to change their business model and to be able to cater to this new normal that we're in now. One great example of that is Mike Eggett at Totties in Sydney. When the pandemic hit, they had to close their doors like so many others. But fortunately, they're part of a larger business and they were able to pivot as part of Maryvale at Home, a new offering that brings restaurant quality food to your home. We've tried it and we loved it. And we, so good. It was. It was amazing. So good we tried it twice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we thought it'd be worth talking to Mike a bit more about how it came about and why it's been so successful. Mike's got a history as an innovator and a food creative that doesn't stick to the normal rules of cooking and flavours. His first restaurant, Pinbone, was a big success. And then after a few pop-ups, including one that was in the driveway of a drive through bottle shop in South Sydney a few years ago, he's now settled at the helm of Totties in Bondi and Sydney CBD, where he's making simple Italian food taste great in a really fun atmosphere. So let's get into it. This is Mike Eggett, executive chef at Totties on At Home with Lauren Keenan. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today for a chat. Uh, It's really lovely to be here, Lauren. Thank you for inviting me on. Now, Scott and I both love our food and eating out has become such a big part of the Aussie way of life. And the food and hospitality industry has become one of the hardest hit by the pandemic. Your restaurants in Sydney CBD and Bondi are both open again now, thankfully. How are you and the team at Toddy's Travelling at the moment? To start with, I think that hospitality definitely got hit pretty hard, but I think that it might just be also one of the more visual um, industries. It certainly has a lot of people's interest in social media, so a lot of people follow restaurants and chefs. Whilst we did get hit very, very hard, uh, we also had the, and I hate using the word pivot, but we had the ability to pivot and do takeaway. And, you know, the government actually released its hold on legislation, let's say, and it allowed restaurants to do takeaway alcohol, offer pop-ups, do a bit more uh, freestyle food. As a whole, yeah, it's been really tough, um, drastic reductions in, in staff and in labour. So there's obviously all of our part-time staff that got really badly hit, but most of the full-time is a bit better off. I'm really lucky to work with Maribel. Um, Justin was fantastic in this whole ordeal, you know, showed true leadership. They were just so quick to respond, really used great foresight and thought and managed to come up with things that would really move the needle and create as many jobs, hold as many jobs, find some way of making revenue. So we've been quite lucky to skirt around the outside of disaster, I guess you'd say. I'm really fortunate to run Toddies and it's proven itself to be just such a crowd-pleasing local and, you know, regulars favourite that those people just supported us through anything, you know, and they were fantastic. So um, we've been really lucky. So I, I feel really privileged to be sitting here and and I got to work through the entire ordeal, uh, through the lockdown, through the closures, and I retained all of my staff. So I was really happy with that. That's amazing. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the pivot that you you mentioned, um, Maryvale at home shortly. It'd be great to sort of get a little bit more of a feel for, I guess, how you're going getting through this. You said you were lucky to be mm. in a bigger restaurant group. I suppose there's a lot of smaller businesses out there that maybe have done a little bit tougher. How are, how are you seeing the rest of the industry and how are your staff kind of going getting through all of this? I guess we speak from a, a point of a bit of luxury, I guess, in New South Wales, if you compare ourselves to Victoria and, you know, my heart bleeds for them and there's no strategy management or, you know, foresight that you could have used to save jobs and create work down there because it's just been horrible and it's just constantly just ongoing. The most creative things for survival have come from Victoria. You know, I think what Ben Shuri's doing at Attica, I think what the guys out in Geelong and Igni are doing, you know, these home prepared meals where they've given people what they need and what they want as opposed to what they usually do. In Sydney, you saw Cafe Parsi, Six Penny really change it up, started opening bakeries. Um, you've seen everybody adapt themselves to takeaway. People lent on alcohol sales because it was, you know, a tough time. So people wanted to get drunk at home. We, we all lent really, on alcohol. We all lent on alcohol. <laughs> you know, it was everybody's best friend. And I think that as a group, 
the hospitality industry is pretty good at just digging in and and surviving. We we ride out pretty tough times every year. Like you get to winter and everyone stays home, and you've got three months of knowing that you're not going to make any money. It really showed the really strong, tenacious, creative, imaginative people. My goal for the entire time that we were doing takeaway was to just be there, lead from the front, and try to make sure that the product and the consistency, the way it was received, everything stayed as, as good as possible and kept the morale up. And, you know, from the top down, from Justin down to anyone else in the, the leadership team of Maryvale, the, the message was always mental health and being aware of staff and taking care and supporting. And whilst, yes, push hard, do whatever you can to save your jobs, make sure everyone's okay. And yeah, I made it a, mis- a mission of mine to get around to whoever was doing takeaway and other venues, other friends, small businesses, cafes, bakeries, just to spend as much money and get out there and do whatever I could. So that was fine. Our sort of philosophy was like if you wanted, if you liked somewhere and you wanted it to still be in business after all this, then you should, you know, have a make a meal of it, have have a coffee, have breakfast, whatever you could do to support the places that you love because you don't know what's going to happen in six months' time. And, and it was so well received. You know, you could see it in the faces and in, in the expressions, in the, the emotions of people that run espresso bars to wine bars that were just selling booze no matter who it was they were doing home delivery takeaway anything they were so appreciative conversations i had with friends just disbelief that the offering that they put forward was sold out every night or booked in advance you know it was a real it was really great so your newest restaurant is in sydney cbd and it's on george street which is normally just a heaving (laughs) kind of street there's trams that go down there now there's always lots of people it must have felt really strange there um sort of in april and may you'd opened at the end of last year it was summer it would have been really busy and then did the city just feel like a bit of a ghost town you could just see you know all of a sudden the street was empty one day and i remember we were riding the high of a new opening with really good press and, you know, that's a really rare time of a restaurant. It's, you know, you only get the first three months once in a restaurant and that's it. And it's just the best time. It really is. And it's fun and it's hard and it's challenging, but it's super rewarding. And I just remember one Friday it was really busy and then Saturday was okay. And then Monday it was a ghost town and the city just, just stayed home. And it was before the lockdown became official. It was something I'd never seen before. And it was only two months earlier that I was saying, what a privilege it was to open a restaurant on George Street. And if you consider, you know, the rest of the modern cities in the world, their main streets are these amazing hubs of dining and and Sydney lost Mm -hmm. a lot of that. You know, it's gone through a real transitional period and we were really excited to be one of the first people coming back to George Street and making it something that was really exciting. It must have felt, that must have sucked um, knowing how much you'd put into getting ready for that opening and then you, you don't really get to get the best out of it. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a bit of an old dog. Disheartening. I've, had, oh, I've, I've opened a few places and I feel a bit more for my staff that it was a lot of them's first opening, you know, the first time they got to do a restaurant opening. So I know it's a bit of a cliche and I know everybody says it, but this pandemic does put a lot of things into perspective. And as I said, when you think about Melbourne, you think about some of the other restaurants in Sydney that just haven't been able to open just because their space or their square footage or anything like that. Okay, yeah, we might have lost a bit of the, the tip of the wave, but I'm really confident looking at how people have responded to the fact that we are opening even with social distancing and restrictions. You know, we'll just do another opening. You know, we'll ride that wave of being on the other side of a pandemic. And I think that 
like all other restaurants, we'll celebrate the fact that people can come back to yep. our venues in its entirety. Definitely. You know, we can be shoulder to shoulder at the bar, spilling beer on each other's shoes and, you know, dancing <laughs> in the nightclubs and doing all the things that we should have been doing more. So well, we can't wait. Yeah. We can't wait. And, you know, you've got a great you've got a great <laughs> offering. Your restaurant is fantastic. Um, I was lucky to dine there last week with a couple of mates for a bit of a special lunch. I hope other people get behind it and keep going back to restaurants because there is a COVID safe way of doing it. You guys are doing it well. And we've been to some other restaurants, mm-hmm. Lauren and I together, that Second are doing it Second nature now well. just to check in. It's, it's, not, it's not hard. <laughs> Everyone's just gotten used to it. It's just like the thing that you do. You've got to do it. It's really shown how quickly we can adapt to things, isn't it? And you kind of hope there might be a flow-on effect to other sorts of things in the world. I really feel there's a strong link to sort of a more greener way of living. Uh, I think that really impacts how I produce food, how I serve food, and I hope that some of these things that we now take for granted, like checking in or social distancing, whatever it is that we had to do that we just accepted and got on with our lives, if we could just incorporate the same kind of philosophy into maybe a more sustainable and renewable form of cooking and eating and dining, I think that'd be great. Mate, it's a tough time. You guys are going well getting through it and you know we're with you. And we're going to talk about something really positive that's sort of come out of this. And you touched on it at the start there, the, the pivot that businesses have been getting mm-hmm. into. And you know, home delivery isn't new. As a kid, I used to love getting Pizza Hut delivered on a Saturday night for our family movie oh nights. And that, that goes back a long way. He's moved on, hope, but, thankfully. <laughs> it, it, oh, look, it's, it's there was something more... special about a cheesy stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It devoured on the, uh, the lounge room floor on a you know, on a tablecloth, yeah. Um, but there are so many food businesses that have traditionally focused on their restaurants and shop fronts and foot traffic and people coming to them. And now we're starting to see businesses going direct to consumer. Yep. Tell us a little bit about Maryvale at Home and you know, how it came about and, and how the offering works. One of the th- one of the fundamentals that makes Maryvale so good is they kind of get all the things right. So when you go to the venue, the interior, the exterior, you know, the food, the the ambience, the atmosphere, the music, everything's perfect. I think what made Maryvale at Home so successful and and so approachable was that they really identified that yes, we're in a pandemic and people want to eat, but they also want to have a feeling of you know celebration or you know so you know they curated playlists that you could download and listen to while you're cooking at home. They offered the experience, allowed you to execute something that you're really proud of and incorporate more than just a meal. It wasn't about reheating a spaghetti, you know, it was about having friends or family near you in a time of real hardship and doing something that was really fun and kind of creative. And we made it so that anyone could do it. And at the end of it, they were really proud of it. And people had a great time. They put on the right music. And, you know, the messaging that went out with the packages was, you know, like, get your best crockery out and get your best plates, put some flowers on the table, dim the lights, turn the music up and make this a a real experience. Hospitality has always been that. And it's one of the reasons I like the job. You know, it's not the 18 hours, it's not the sweating, it's not the sore feet, it's not the, you know, missing family occasions. It's the the joy of looking at a full dining room and seeing 200 people having a great time and thinking, that's so amazing they chose to come here. You know, I'm really proud of that. It was there with Maribel at home, knowing that, you know, we were selling 400 boxes a week of toddies and just thinking there's 400 people this week that are sitting at home having our Papadelli and thinking this is fantastic. And then, you know, watching them download the music and listen to it as well was awesome. Well, we were actually two of those 400 uh, boxes <laughs> because we uh, we had the toddies box a couple of times, but we actually had it for our 10th wedding anniversary, which was in April, and we probably didn't envisage sitting at our own dining table on our 10th <laughs> wedding anniversary. It was a really fun experience. You kind of actually felt like you were part of the toddies kitchen when you were putting it together and you're trying to follow Perfect. the instructions and 
we actually made some Negronis, we had some nice Sangiovese and we really did feel like we, it was, it was the next best thing to being at Toddy's, but we, we loved the food. It was, it was fantastic. And it was oh, so easy to put together. I prepared it. it. <laughs> that's perfect. I mean, that is such lovely feedback and that is honestly pure happiness for us. Like, you know, it's not about the bottom line. We were really lucky to keep employment and all that. There were times there definitely we didn't think we were going to come out of it and that restaurants were going to close. And so hearing those sorts of comments gives me a real buzz. It's really great. And it's been a little while since you launched. How are customers responding? Is this an offering that you think um, will continue? And do you see it as part of, I guess, a bit of an evolving way that the food industry and restaurants are going to approach how they do food in the future? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? Um, Who can predict what we're going to be doing in two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. So we run a, a very responsive kind of way of doing things. And if people love something, we keep it on the menu. If people don't like something, we change and we find what they you know, makes them happy. And Maribel at home is very much the same. So, you know, after a few weeks, we realized there was definitely a need for more offerings because there was a really big demand. We started adding more in and, and it, the list got longer and longer and longer. And it's a fantastic package. It's a fantastic piece of infrastructure that Maribel's built. So we would definitely like to keep it going. And I think while ever there's demand, you know, because it's not just because of COVID either. Like there's a lot of people that we want to be able to reach and give a night out to who can't get to the venues or, you know, for some people it's just, it's really expensive to go out for dinner. Like, you know, I'm, my sister, for instance, Babysitter she loves or yes, Ubers. And, yes, yeah. Ubers each way, babysitters for the night. You know, it, it adds up. For as long as we can run it, we'd love to keep it going because it's just another avenue that we can, you know, make our customers and our regulars happy. More from Mike in just a sec. But it's springtime and that's usually the most popular time to buy and sell property. And while COVID-19 has changed so many things, confidence is definitely returning to the property market, especially here in Sydney. So who do you trust to help you sell or find you the right home? Erkin Urson is a leading real estate agent in Sydney's inner city with an incredible track record. We've known Erkin and his team for some time now, and it's their service that sets them apart. Yeah, they're really friendly, great to deal with, and they care about connecting you with the right property. And what a time to do it. The sun's out, interest rates are low, and stock is now coming back to the market. So if you think it's time to strike while the iron is hot, contact Erkin Urson from Ray White, Erskineville and Surrey Hills, who you can trust to connect you with the right property for your family and your lifestyle. Now let's get back into our chat with Mike Eggett from Toddy's in Sydney on At Home with Lauren Keenan. And now Maryvale's also doing these fresh food boxes um, with mm-hmm. recommendations from Danielle Alvarez, uh, the head chef at Fred's in Paddington, which is also an amazing idea. What are some of the other interesting ways that you think, you know, restaurant food at home can be achieved and what you're seeing others doing in the industry? Firstly, on the boxes, like that was, you know, a really great way for us to support our suppliers. You know, those boxes don't make Maryvale much money. It was just more about acknowledging the fact that on the other side of this, if we don't support, you know, our fruit and veg suppliers, our, our meat suppliers, our fish suppliers, our beverage suppliers, they're not going to be there. And, you know, they're part of our family. They're part of what we do. They make our business able to run. We hope that we've been able to help them and people have really loved them and they're great value. So I think as far as what people can do at home to recreate restaurant things, I could not believe the uptake on chefs doing Instagram videos and people cooking along at home and these pre-planned <laughs> yeah. ones. And, you know, it was so much fun. It was it was really great. I feel like, like we're getting a much closer connection. I know Dan Hong from Maryvale has mm-hmm. been doing a bunch of those and Jocks on Frillo, who we follow. The, MasterChef. Yeah, the, the coach on MasterChef, the judge. Um, mm-hmm. He's been right into it and I think he's in Victoria, so he's in lockdown and looking for something to do. Do you think that that's something we'll see more? as well where 
chefs will start to have more of a direct connection with With the people who come to their their restaurants? Yeah, I I think so. And, you know, when you look at Dan Hong, you know, it's been such a uh, revelation for him, you know, it really filled him with a sense of pride. You know, if he's listening to this, if he could just stop regramming people doing his prawn toast, that'd be fantastic because he's just clogging up my feed (laughs) for the last three months. But I am happy that 400,000 people have recreated that recipe, but I don't need to see every one of them on, you know, Instagram. Um, (laughs) But no, it's definitely a thing that I think more restaurants will stick with. You know, it's been amazing to see this connection between the restaurant and their customers. It definitely came down to timing. It was just the right move for a lot of people and you know it was what everybody needed from our end we needed something to do we needed to tell our story we needed to feel important you know you need to have that sense of connection with customers that just weren't there you know from the general public they were stuck at home bored and you know maybe we're not that entertaining normally but if you've got nothing else to do I think it's it's pretty nice to watch us so what do you think is the the dish of yours that uh, most people would be trying to recreate at home so a lot of people just ask me to make the tiramisu I've had quite a few requests to do a tiramisu demonstration and I, I do plan on getting around to it and you know I just I've been really busy and I haven't done a lot of the video stuff originally when I thought we were going into a proper lockdown I'd had the back of my ute filled with pasta flour and all my tools and was driving down to mum and dad's farm to live in a shed for three or four weeks because I thought we were going to go like full quarantine lockdown. So I had every intention. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I was going to do from scratch, I was going to start by making a big pasta board by like felling a tree and putting it through the, you know, the bandsaw and making a table and then (laughs) making pasta every day. And then, you know, my mom was, my mom was not impressed. She was looking, not looking forward to what I was going to do in her shed. But then I was just going to go through a series of pasta shapes and different things. And luckily I kept working. So, you know, maybe that's something for the future. We would welcome that if you wanted to do that. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah, either way, it's good practice. You know, people would probably like to try to recreate your tiramisu, but I'm guessing that if people uh, could choose one dish that they could have home delivered or have you make for them is the bread. Tell us a, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the bread. <laughs> yeah, the bread, it's... um. It's, it's incredible. Just, it's just one of those delicious things. And, you know, it took me a long time in my career to realize that sometimes it's not about pushing the envelope or it's not about recreating the wheel. I remember sitting down with a chef that I used to work with, a guy called Thomas Lim, who's now moved to LA and he's running a restaurant called Oliphant and a few other places. First, we were bagging on cocktail mixologists at the time. We were, we were a few <laughs> Negronis in. And I remember saying to him at the time, like for all the odd cocktails that you get served in places of like smoked ice or whatever it is. And I, I love people's creativity. So we were it's a bit tongue in cheek. I said, does anything ever beat yep. a classic Negroni or a classic martini? Thomas turned and he said, it's not just, you know, mixologists, like think of chefs. He's like, whatever beats a decent panna cotta, a perfect tiramisu, you know, a perfect lemon custard tart. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, you can have all these deconstructed or recomposed or elaborate textures of something for dessert. But if you get the perfect chocolate fondant, it absolutely resonates with you. And it's something you come back to a restaurant for. I think the bread is just one of those things, you know, it falls into that category. It's just really beautiful, hot, smoky, fresh, fatty, because it's got olive oil and salt on top, puffy. It's got a bit of interactiveness. You know, everyone's using their hands, pulling it apart, dipping it into burrata, picking up a bit of prosciutto, stuffing it inside a little pocket. Once you get your hands involved in food, it just brings out this natural sense of freedom and conversation. So, yeah. You're making you're my mouth that. water. Oh, mate, you're making us both so hungry. And the good news is is that uh, the, the bread from Toddy's is available at Toddy's Bar in the CBD, at mm-hmm. Toddy's in Bondi, and, of course, in the box from Maryvale at home, which is awesome. So you can get it three ways. 
there's no way Justin wouldn't let me sell that thing to anybody anyhow, no matter <laughs> how they want it. You know, and it's funny, like we still do takeaway food at Bondi, even though we're back open because the demand is there. And some of the orders are hilarious. Like people just order 15 bread. And they come and pick oh up 15 God. bread and that's all, that's all they want. They just want 15 bread. That's they're crazy. They're having a dinner party or they're doing something of their own, but they just want the bread. So it's pretty um, tremendous. I remember my one of my chefs, a guy called Jordan Lee, and he'll be upset if I don't give him a shout out. During the COVID lockdown, just doing takeaway, he cooked 23 trays of bread on his own in one day, just doing takeaway. Now it's 15 panettis on each tray. So 15 times 23 on his own, just hammering. He was very proud of that effort. So shout out to Geordie. For- what a legend. Shout out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I wanted to ask you, do you think that the pandemic is going to sort of change the way that we eat out and socialize forever? Um, What's the new normal? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll change it forever because I think there's uh, humans have an inert sense of wanting to, you know, party and want to, wanting to be social. And if anything, this will drive that home. I, I, th- I think hopefully on the other side of it, and, and I mean, obviously talking about a world free of COVID, you know, so hopefully it's gone and we've, you know, got over it. But no, I see people rushing to nightclubs, to dance parties, to social gatherings. You know, I hope it goes the other way. I hope we go back to earlier on in, in you know, in the middle of the century where people used to go out dancing just for the sake of dancing and people went to great kind of lengths to socialise with other human beings with a real sense of positivity, fun and merriment. For me, if anything, that's what I've really missed. The one night that I would love to have is squashed into the sardine can that is 10 William Street with 15 other friends of mine drinking natural wine and, you know, trying to dip the end of my, you know, pretzel into the Bataga dip over the top of three people's <laughs> shoulders, you know, because I can't get quite close enough to the bar and watching Giovanni. That sounds so COVID so, unsafe, mate. Yeah, and and look, that that's not COVID at all, but it is what uh, fun and merriment is all about and I think everybody will want a little piece of that, you know, so hopefully we can all ride the wave of happiness and joy and socialising on the outside of this. We're going to need to let our hair down, that's for sure. Yeah, well, thanks for bringing a little bit of joy to the podcast today, mate. We really appreciate it. It was great to have a chat with you about what's been happening. And, of course, you know, we can keep eating in a COVID-safe way at your beautiful restaurants and in the meantime, of course, um, order your beautiful food to our homes through Maryvale at Home. So thanks for sharing that with us and um, we look forward to eating in one of your fine establishments again soon. Thank you very much, Scott. Thank you, Lauren. And thank you, everybody who supports the industry. You know, not just my restaurants, but everything. We really love you and appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, it was so great chatting to Mike. And I was just reading today that there's been a further development in the Maryvale at home. They've introduced a new section to their service called Home Entertaining. Yeah. And it's where you select your menu from your favorite Maryvale restaurant, They'll deliver the food to you with a chef Hello. to prepare the meal for you and your friends between 10 and 16 people. Yep. And they even look after setting the table. Wow. Do they do the dishes? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, that takes it to a whole other level though, doesn't it? I mean, Maryvale at home, prepare it yourself, enjoy a nice meal, but to have somebody come to your home and cook for you, especially at a time where right now in New South Wales, at least, I'm not exactly sure about other states, but, but here you can only book 
to go to a restaurant for up to 10 people. So if you want to have a party or a gathering of friends for more than 10, you can't do it. No, you can't. So if you've got a special occasion, maybe it's a special birthday or a family function and you know there's going to be between 10 and 16 people, you can have that amount in your home. So yeah, great idea. Pretty cool. Thanks to Mike for joining us. And if you want to find out more about home entertaining or Maryvale at home, just go to maryvaleathome.com. So we're going to be back again in a couple of weeks time. But in the meantime, if there's something that you want us to talk about or a guest that maybe you think we should have on the show, then hit me up on the socials or send us a message via the contact page on my website. Yes, Lauren is at Lauren Keenan Home on Instagram and you can just search Lauren Keenan Home on Facebook. Um, Likewise, if you're looking for an expert to help you to take your interiors at home to the next level, Lauren can help you with anything from a room refresh uh, right through to a renovation, maybe a kitchen bathroom or even a new build. Exactly, yeah. I've got all sorts of clients at the moment, a couple of people who are just doing one room and others who are doing a full-on reno. So it's quite exciting. All the info you need is at laurenkeenan.com.au and just hit us up on the contact page. So that's the show today. Thanks to Erkin Urson from Ray White, Erskineville and Surrey Hills, who you can trust to connect you with the right property for your family and your lifestyle. Thanks for listening and wherever you are, stay safe, look after each other and we'll catch you on the next episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. 